Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Oh, listeners, we are in for a treat tonight, because tonight we finally hit Dogtown. So here's your big, giant, long spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoiler. We are going to be talking all things Phantom Liberty tonight. Okay, well, maybe not all things, but we're pretty much going to go through the first four core missions. Are you ready? I guess so. Okay. What level did you finally hit once you once you breached the hold? Once you finally crossed the line? Once I finally crossed the line, I was level fifty six. No. Oh. I I hit level sixty today. I am oh, level nice. capped. I, I hit level sixty before I met Solomon Reed. Damn. Yep. I think I might have been 51 or 52, but that's because I didn't start fresh. I went in. So, fun. All right. uh, I, I am so ready to talk about the first couple of missions and everything, but we have a scream sheet from last week. Yeah. Yeah, um, I said I'd look up some temperatures. I did. I'm confused, but I don't know. I guess somehow global warming has not taken a hold in uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, because <laughs> according to the wiki... Uh, Night City's Northern Californian location gives it one of the most pleasant climates in the western part of the NUSA. Normal temperatures range from the mid-80 degrees Fahrenheit to low 50 degrees. 
Uh, that is 26 degrees Celsius to 10 degrees Celsius for our non-American listeners. With misty white fog blanketing the city in the early mornings and evenings. And it receives about 21 inches of rainfall each year. So, yeah, the cops bitching about the heat or bitching about the cold. <laughs> that that seems to be some bullshit. I would love mid 80 degree temperatures the majority of the year but i don't get those because i'm in texas right and lows of 50 uh that would be really nice because earlier this morning i had to scrape ice off of my car because it hit below 32 yeah no i don't i i just surprised because like the pollution is worse like mm-hmm. the next part, the next paragraph, I didn't include it in this, but the next paragraph in this portion is talking about how polluted Night City is and like that you have to get like purchase like rebreathers and stuff sometimes for the smog. And it's like, cool. Pollution has a direct impact on like global war. How is it not fucking hotter than 80 degrees, bro? Right? <laughs> That's a very good question. And I mean, okay, so being on the coast does lower the temperature of the city, like being right there next to the water. So that is a positive for why it could be a little bit cooler. But it still doesn't account for this. It doesn't make sense at all. The only thing that I could say of staying in the warm would be it rains quite a bit in Night City. We see that in 2077 also in the game. And so maybe the cops are more like, I don't have to be out there on the streets walking. I get to stay dry and warm in the car. Maybe. Mm, It's just just wild. But it's just like, like our modern temperatures, IRL are worse than this. Yeah. Like Californians were fucking it was they were having it rough this past summer. Everyone was some of the northern states were hitting temperatures that they shouldn't exist in their <laughs> neck of the woods, bro. <laughs> okay, I take this back. Annually, Portland gets about 43 inches of rain per year. So Night City gets half that. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> and modern day California gets like a fifth of that. Annual rainfall. What? Let's go San Francisco. Less than 12 inches. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a smaller number right now because like, I don't know, California's just in like a perpetual drought state right now. That's fair. Very fair. Very valid. I have I have friends who live in California that whenever like they get rain, they're in the fucking Discord. Like, oh my god, we got rain! Ah, it's like it's a fucking miracle. So, like, yeah, it's struggle. So, I don't. That's just whatever. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you for following up with the temperature of Night City in relation to last week's episode. This week, we are going to go. Through Toasty's stream of consciousness uh, while playing the first few missions of the Phantom Liberty expansion. And of course, I have my own mental notes. I have the things that I noticed. Uh, go ahead. What did it... What? So, like, I mean, this may be something... 
we're not here to summarize every single quest line. Um, maybe in the, like the later stuff, we'll start getting to it. These ones are pretty straightforward, I would say, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the later ones because I literally have played up to these four quests. Um, so I'm sure they get more complex, and so we can talk about those. But this one's just saving the president, basically. Right. Um, so... Uh, I started off with um, Songbird, kind of, and then Debbie Ryan hair tuck. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because she she kind of a baddie. Um, but, like, immediately I was getting red flags with how, like, kind she was. And so, and also the fun part of this for the listeners is going to be, like, whenever I make these predictions here, cause I'm going to be making some predictions and I'm probably going to be like egregiously wrong. Um, and they're going to laugh at me and it's going to be great. Um, but still whatever, but like, no, she's like super nice and it bothers me. Like she, like the first interaction you get with her, she like shows like genuine, like what, like seems like genuine care. She puts her, even though she's not real, she puts her hand over your hand in like a, and I'm like, this feels like a lot for me having known you for like a minute and a half, bro. Like, like why are you touching me? Why are you touching my hand? What is this? It seems like a lot. And uh, so I'm already distrusting. (laughs) Um, okay. I see that. And I think that that's really, it's, it has a lot to do with her personality. That she is just, she wants to really show to you that she cares about you and your situation. I'm going to love Jin fucking walking on like thin little treads here. Uh-huh. <laughs> we I'm also navigate spoilers. I'm also <laughs> going to like dick everything. <laughs> duck my face behind my, my mic screen so that way you can't see my reactions to some of this shit. Yeah, but the funny thing is, right, is that I know your voice, so I'm already, like, flagging the fact that you put, a like, a real, I see that, but that could do it. All right. <clears throat> Be careful. <laughs> All right. If you want blank yeah. face, I can do blank face for the rest of the show and react to everything like this, Please. so that way you get nothing from me. So, we, you know... That we get that interaction, we sneak in, right? And then we get into this, like, what I would consider still so far is my favorite, like, like part of the expansion that I've done. Um, when we get into like the like that ain't that building, um, and start getting like getting on those like quote unquote elevators, she calls them elevators, they're just like kind of like moving platforms, um, but. Specifically, I picked up, she she refers to it as ancient and then no proto-ancient tech. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, that seems like some kind of like, I mean, that even seemed, that's like modern day stuff. Right. Kind of. Well, like, it's still like this, I would still like peg that, um, that building as being still past like what we would consider modern just because of how big it is. <laughs> right. It um, is, it is massive. It is huge. And the way that I noticed it, it kind of seemed like I've seen this in 
videos of like Japan and China and things like this, where it's like you have a parking garage that you drive into on the first level on the ground floor. And then an elevator takes your car to a completely different area of the parking garage. So all you're doing is you're dropping your car off your And then you walk out of the building, you put in your uh, pin code or whatever, and then when you're ready to take your car back out, you put in that pin code and the elevators just move your car back up to the front. So that's kind of what it looked like to me. So there is that level of technology out there right now in the real world, but it's not all over the place. Yeah, but it's just it's. It was just like a thing like that she refers to it as ancient slash proto ancient tech. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Ancient tech to us right now is like arrowheads and like shooting. (laughs) So I'm just like, damn, like they're so far advanced that like modern, like modern parking garages are ancient. Like, oh, I don't think a ever felt so old playing a video game honestly (laughs) is it old or young Hmm. i don't know all right whatever um but yeah no like i said this is my this is my favorite part because the whole scaling this like big ass parking garage i thought was uh so cool like the atmosphere of this whole thing is really sick um getting kind of that like a one-on-one time with like songbird where you're kind of like you know kind of back and forthing information um with each other uh as well as like i also because my character is like equipped with the both the double jump thing and uh the dash ability so like i was kind of taking time to like go to different like if i saw a spot that looked like i could get to Mm -hmm. i was going to them and there was like they rewarded with like loot basically it's just a lot of like leveled loot which is like fine but it was just it was just cool that i could just kind of go around and that there is what i figured out today to be multiple pathways because i took a different pathway today than i did originally i'll also state that i played through this a few days ago um but then I replayed it today just so I can kind of refresh things. And I took a completely different pathway uh, today than I did before. And like, uh, did I mark anything else down there? Like, there was like a weird thing. I got to like a ladder that like, there was like a, like a spot where it was just like isolated and you had to jump to like this red ladder and like climb up it to this like other isolated like Porsche. It was like, it was just wild. There was so much like different spots and I got lost for a moment and then found my way again. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun in that area too, because for me, I have the double jump and then my V's all body. So all I was doing was I was just shoving things, making my own pathway. I didn't care about like going. Things? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't get like any, options for that i was using my technical ability to rewire panels and it was allowing me to like activate elevators without songbirds help um that's so cool yeah no i was shoving cars out of the way i was shoving like pylons and stuff and knocking them over to build bridges for myself mm. okay that's because like i'm not i didn't prioritize body but since i'm so high level at this point like I have in my stat setup, I have 
20 tech, 20 reflexes, 20 cool. And then I have a, I think I've gotten, it's gotten me to a 17 body, but like mm-hmm. I've had access to like a 20 body for a while. Cause I have a plus six body gorilla arms right now. Mm, okay. So I technically have 20 in like that too. So I'm able to use it, but I just didn't see any options. I don't think maybe I just like ran by them too quickly or something, but. I've also noticed, and this is further on, um, or maybe even earlier in the game now, where if you if your stat skills qualify for both, both will pop up on the screen, and then you hit one button or a different one depending on like what you want to use. If you want to pry open doors, then it's one button, or if you want to use technical skills, you hit a different key. Oh, yeah, I got yelled at by Songbird for that. Oh, is it procs body first then before technical ability and like i got to a door and like i thought it was i didn't realize that there was a like an option for it because i thought it was just going to open the door and so it ended up doing i ended up doing force open instead of technical ability and she yelled at me she was like about making risk being too risky and i was just like sorry (laughs) i didn't mean to (laughs) we're trying to stay quiet I, i we did i didn't like no one was near the door to hear it, but it's just like she yelled at me, and I was like, I'm "Sorry, I didn't mean it. Don't yell at me." No, no. <laughs> All right. So, well, during this portion as well, like, uh, you know, getting some of like the dial. One, I know her fucking net running animations are actually terrifying, like actually horrific and nightmarish, and I hate them. I have no so comment. Jane's nodding very carefully here. I'm guessing I'll get answers to this. But the thing is, right, and I this is for coming from probably a very unique perspective of someone who kind of walked into Dogtown uh like earlier on and then left immediately once you know he realized that it was Dogtown and he wasn't starting that shit yet. But like I think I procced a, like her initial phone call or something like in that area you did something where i talked to her sort of or something and i got like i had her like like occasionally while i'm going through it i was getting like a laughter like a creepy laughter track which i like i feel like i think that's part of her stuff isn't it no the creepy laughter track is because you're in the red on your cyberware that was activating fury i've never been in the red in the screenshot you sent me, you're in the red. No, I'm I'm still below it because I've never gone into Fury. And like, well, and I will say, like, I've been getting this throughout the whole game. And like, even if I am in that, mo- the majority of the game I've been playing, I have not been over my cyborg capacity because I forgot about it for a while and have been like under half my capacity for the most part. Hmm. Because the screenshot been, that I'm looking at right now that you sent me at level 59, you are one bar in the red. Am I? Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh, interesting. Uh, but that was like the other night. Uh, that was post Dogtown. I've been playing, like I'm talking about throughout the regular game. And I don't know if it was the Relic, but I don't remember it being the Relic in like the base game where I got like a weird laughter track. And it like, I was getting like, that would happen and my screen would like flash like, more reddish mm-hmm. whereas the relics normally more blue and like now that i've seen her stuff i've i feel i think that's her like i don't know it's like weird because i think mm-hmm. it triggered something by stepping towards dogtown but then leaving again hmm they triggered the quest 
but then like didn't do anything about the quest. Okay. Mm. I might like I said, be it's able a very to test weird it perspective. Out. Yeah. Cuz I I I don't think anyone has done that. <laughs> like where they like were like, "Oh, let me Oh, wait, sorry. Fuck. Let me go. I'm not ready for this." <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just weird, but I get it occasionally and like but regardless, her other net running stuff is fucking creepy as hell. Uh and I'm not a fan. It terrifies me. Um also, she doesn't like Johnny, which like I kind of feel like is a red flag. We have a and red flag in play. Like, red flag in play. And it's not that she doesn't even like John. She just doesn't like Samurai. She said that they were done by their second album. And I'm like, granted, we don't hear all of their songs in the thing. But also, their music's real fucking good. What are you talking about? Right? <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah. Yeah. So I put here that I'm curious how old she is. And you answered that question. Mm-hmm. I did. I answered it as she is 31. Okay. Because you mentioned it's I figured like that's a, a basic thing. Yeah, I figured yeah, that's, that's a fine. Fake. Um I I asked because she asked like she mentioned like the biotechnica thing she did back in sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. I think she referred to. Um and there was I will state for the record, there was a moment where I forgot that the year was twenty seventy-seven. So my brain went to, to nineteen sixty-eight and I was like, Biotechnica was around back then? And how old is she this bitch? <laughs> but <sighs> no. My brain like got confused. So, but yeah, you also answered. I asked if we can go back to the market. You said yes. I did actually end up going back to the market. I was able to get my thing. I missed like three relic things in my oh. first go through. I hadn't collected any relic things. I went through on the second one and I found three of them and ironclad. I don't know what ironclad's about, but I because I haven't been able to do that thing yet, other than like activate them, but. I kind of love him a lot. Or them? Love them. I, are they the robot? Or are they just like a different thing? I don't know. Wait, what? Shit, maybe so I made something. So there's a, the, in the black market, there's a, there's a shipping container uh, like that's like above, it's like on a stack. And you can hop up in there and there's like this glitching out robot and it gives you a like prompt for dialogue to like jack into the computer. And you do that and you start getting text messages, but it's all in like punctuation. And they're like making like, they're doing like emoticons and stuff in it. And so you just like ask them questions. They're called ironclad and you ask them questions and they answer your questions. So they like send you a picture of a location and you have to go find it, but I haven't done that yet. Shit. All right. I need to get back in the game. Cause apparently I missed this. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking month and a half behind and I'm, <laughs> I still found something Jin didn't. Let's go. All right. Yep. Score one cool. for Toasty. Um, Shit. Also, Jin, you said, yes, the flamingo says rich bitch. Yeah. I, this wasn't what I was referring to, but I still love it. <laughs> well, okay. Because back when we were reviewing the trailer with the patrons, we paused on the flamingo and we were all trying to figure out what spray painted words were on the flamingo. And it, uh turbo made the joke that the second i got into the market i was going to run to that flamingo and it's true mm. i did i ran to the flamingo took a screenshot and it says rich bitch nice nice okay i didn't remember that but that makes a lot of sense now but yeah and then 
again, just m- noting how like nice she is. Um, that particular scene where we're like we go outside the market on that like little like outside part, and like you're kind of leaning, and she's like talking to you like what she's you know how much she wants to help you, and I'm just like this is so weird. Um, and then we get to like the part where we're supposed to scale the building, and she pulls down that elevator and then it like short circuits and she gets a little, she gets a little mad. She gets a little upset there, uh, which seemed like a polar opposite to the uh, personality that she has been uh, portrayed as having this entire time. So, hmm. Interesting. People can be multi. People can be multifaceted. Just because you're nice one day doesn't mean that you can't have a hidden temper, or mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then last note for that uh, that quest: nice spot for a title screen. Right after Space Force One crashes, which I I guess I don't know. I didn't know. I knew that like it was going to actively crash, but like. The, the trailer that we saw kind of confused me as far as like where we were starting in events wise. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Also like, so like from what she's told us, space force one got hacked and was being forced to land in Dogtown, but then it gets shot down, which is interesting because I don't, I don't know why would, I think the idea that at the start of this is we're supposed to suspect that Kurt Hansen is behind all of this. And it's like, why would he have, if he'd already hacked it to bring it down, why would he shoot it down? So that already like shows me that there's two or more people in play here for this acting in, in different like methods here, which also I will say that trailer where we see fucking Solomon Reed get fucking capped uh, already makes me like suspect that he's not going to be an ally to Songbird. So not that I've gotten anything to suggest that except for a couple things, but um, yeah, but we move on to hole in the sky, which is the second one. We got to go save the damn president. I will also say <clears throat> about this one specifically is that if you don't pay attention, you don't realize there is a hidden timer on this mission. Rosalind, yes, she can die. If That's you crazy. If you do not like follow down the pathway and like go and rescue her, she can die. And then it changes the entire events of what happens in Phantom Liberty. Damn. That's I- that's pretty it, cool. I think it fails you out, and then pretty much the rest, you can go through some other Dogtown-related stuff. You can still do gigs for hands and um, run cars for Mormar, but as for stuff with Songbird, I think it shuts it out. Yeah, that's pretty... Okay. I have not taken too long to save her, but then again, I'm like fast as fuck, so... Um, I kind of want to. Just it, to be see. interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started this off by saying I missed another relic thing when we were sneaking in uh, past like the the blockade checkpoint, whatever you want to call it, with Vargas. Um, I realized, oh, there's another one. So, you know, that was fun. I had to go back and get that one. Um, 
which is really confusing to do because there's a whole it looks a whole lot different whenever it's not this quest line <laughs> later on so it took me a minute to figure out where i was going i literally backtracked to the market went out the path realized i couldn't take the same path out had to like kind of go around ended up going up on a cliff going around the cliff then i looked down and saw the yellow tunnel that you slide down at the start of this mm-hmm. and i was like that's where i started so i went down there and then ran like straight down that road essentially because i knew it took us straight down the road and like went past it and then realized oh there's that staircase that i went up and then went up there and was able to find it but it was like i did went convoluted as fuck to find this fucking relic box that's <laughs> so, amazing it was a lot it was so annoying but yeah um the sneaking is actually incredibly hard here uh i was trying to do it but like all of the Bargas agents are like positioned in ways like where like they have sight lines everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to try to like it looks like you can take one dude, but there's another dude next to him who's facing towards him, so they can see all angles. And you kind of have to like do some weird maneuvering to like trigger them to like walk a patrol path. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes like those still intersect and it becomes difficult. And if you take too long. Because, like, a lot of times you can kind of wait around and, like, kind of inspect and wait for your moment to go in. If you wait too long, the Bargas agents will start coming back up the stairs. Uh, and so then you have people clocking you from behind. So I ended up triggering this, like, immediately my first time around. Today, I was able to get, like, a little bit more. But then I was eventually detected by the one that came up the stairs behind me. And I was like, well, fuck. But it's fine. It's not like it doesn't make much of a difference to like have to actively fight them here versus get around them. Right. I was just trying because it felt more like authentic to try to get around them. It, it, it does. And I will also say that that is why the optical camo is so it's it's very pushed, um, especially going with. I have the, it. Oh, OK. I have it installed with a lot of perks to it. With the perks and then the uh, additional relic ability is attached to it too. I have, um, I just, I got those after all of my things, but I didn't, I didn't pick that one as my first one. Mm. I picked the, the middle perk as my, my, my starting one. But yeah, so it, but it's still like, man, maybe I can, I probably should go find because I don't think I have like a, I don't have the best optical camo um, mm. that's out there. But like my cooldown on it's just so long, um, yeah. So and I have like the perks. That, I do have the perks that let me like it makes me invisible whenever I'm sprinting, cr- like crouch sprinting or whatever. But like it's still, yeah, it, it does. It's not enough. Typically, at least in this area, it wasn't because there was just too much open space. I tried. Yeah. So it was just like this is more actiony stuff, kind of getting through it. And, uh, but it's fun. It's like fun combat if you do get spotted and have to fight these dudes. Um, it's difficult. I will say that. The fights in this DLC, and it might have something... It, it kind of has a little bit of something to do with the fact that I'm so fucking high level and every enemy has a smart weapon and those are annoying as fuck. But still, like, you can get fucked up real quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the most armored character. It's fun though to be challenged again in cyberpunk because you know 
for a little bit there once you hit level cap and you're still doing some of like the background stuff it's just like mm, all right you know these guys are going to be really easy to kill or killing random gangers just isn't fun anymore but yeah. hitting yeah, people no, it, who it are the same level as you is fun uh i'm mostly still utilizing um instant headshot kills with uh my throwing knives but some of the some of the boss characters are still like it takes a few it oh, takes yeah. a few so um i usually have to throw on my sandy for the boss characters and like oh yeah i mean through. switching up tactics has become a much bigger thing now mm-hmm. so um but yeah we get to the airplane uh we fight through some people finding robots i guess that's like the space force one security detail that's been activated um and you go and you get in there and break out rosalind myers who whoops your fucking ass the moment you see it which is great <laughs> i loved that i was like nope all right you you could fight we're good also Let's- i was i was i was doing i think i was eating breakfast while i was going through this part right so it's kind of like going back and forth and like, there's that time she just puts a bullet in your fucking head if you don't respond fast enough and you die. She straight up kills you. Oh, dude! My, my quick, my quick action timer went out. She's like, she was like, took too long. Pop, and you have to restart the mission over. And I was like, fuck. Okay, well there we go. You uh, so another yeah, damn. That's it was fun. funny. It was funny. Yeah, I was like, okay, don't wake her. Don't keep the president waiting. Um, probably a good good note. Yeah, so Hole in the Sky is a pretty short quest in the whole grand scheme of things. And then we move on to the next big one, which takes a while to get through. And that one's called Spider and the Fly. But we'll get to that right after the mid-break. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. We don't have any new patrons to read out. We don't have any new reviews to read out. I posted all of your Spotify comments. Thank you. Thank you for leaving those. All right. And, of course, if you play the Cyberpunk TTRPG, your DM owes you 10 IP per Jay Gray. We don't make the rules, but Jay literally does, so go cash them in. You can also support the show by going to fanrolldice.com and code stack the almighty C-10-A-L-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y-C-1-0 with the C-P-L-C Cyberpunk Lore Cast Codes and get a grand total of 20% off of your entire dice order. Please make sure that you are also subscribed to us on wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Audible, all of the different ones. We're on there. Subscribe, drop us a five-star rating, do all the nice things. Make it short and sweet. Got anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Let's get back into it and catch the spider with the fly. Other way around. You don't catch spiders with flies. You catch flies with spiders. (laughs) I don't like bugs. Fair enough. 
show. There's this really yicky little scene where Rosalind asks you to remove a tracker from the back of her neck using dirty ass glass from a broken beer bottle. Mm. Brosif should only be going down my neck, not in my neck. Mm-mm. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just weird and a lot. Um, but you know, it's it's I guess it's necessary considering she's got a tracker in her neck, and apparently she can just be tracked from literally anywhere from this so I mean, you do what you gotta do right but like uh, no please don't um yeah so there's a really cool like nomad voice line option here um uh, where you get to tell the president like right before you, you stab her with glass um that it's like you're like giving her a rite of passage to like induct her into the clan which i thought was pretty neat um it's the only one maybe one or two like one of maybe like two that i've seen so far um i've probably forgotten some to be fair but um it just it stood out to me a lot that it's just like a big deal here and it was like also made me think like as far as nomads go are they like is that part of it like do you get like is like stabbing each other with glass or, or something like part of nomad culture because like Maybe they're not as like hype as I typically <laughs> see them as. Um, I mean, I hope that stabbing is not a part of regular nomadic culture. Um, but I will say that I get a lot of additional corpo lines, especially with Rosalind. Yeah, for sure. I'm- as we kind of get into the next part of me, I'd be a little curious about it. Um, like if any of those come up specifically in this next part, but I will to, to finish off this part. And there's not a whole lot to say about this next sequence, but if you don't, uh, if you don't do the quick time event fast enough, um, she will like rip out the tracker herself, like shove you away before you have to hide from the robot. And then, you know, you kind of just keep going through the building because I put in my notes, Songbird get a little angy. Um, it was specifically that part during the sequence. I get to the door and I accidentally gorilla arms it open rather than using my technical ability. She yelled at me for it. Oh. That's what that was for. That's what I, I was like, trying to remember what that like what that line specifically. That's what it was. She was like she was like unnecessarily taking risks. Like she was mad. <laughs> She's like it's not just your life on the line, B. And I'm like okay, like I get it. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong. <laughs> The way that I'm you just said that, no, 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 like, I remember that line. I think I did the exact yeah. same thing. When you said it that way, I was like, wait, I've heard those words. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you said you're all body, so I'm sure you bought it. I had the option to technical ability. I just was clicking buttons too fast and did it. So, but yeah, but then you, you steal. And actually, something cool here that was actually different to going through this and this kind of last little bit before we get to the museum is during this portion, the first time uh, I got spotted and I had to fight the rest of my people and just took the car that was parked in the lobby. I actually, the second time around, uh, took out all the dudes on the upper catwalks and then just kind of hopped over the stairs and went around like a, the thing like under and around 
and went outside through a different door without getting seen. And there's actually a car out there too that you can just steal. Hmm. So okay. like I didn't have to steal the one that was just parked in the lobby. I just stole a different one and then kind of like drove around. Um which is it was a I feel like there's a little bit of like a a, a lack here as far as they're kind of shoehorning in like possible just like fighting here um because like i feel like in my situation i got out of the building without being detected with no one having any suspicion so like i feel like for all intents and purposes they probably should have still perceived me as in the building but as soon as you steal the car you get the like you know people patrolling to find you and then immediately like attacking if they see you which like that feels off Mm. but you know it's whatever i was able to like run away from them real quick so it wasn't a big deal but it was just kind of felt weird because i was like pretty much immediately spotted because there was a dude like a car coming up like the the road that i had to go down so right but if they still thought that you were in the building how would they spot you in a car that they don't even know you're in yeah that's the other thing you're driving in a Vargas car like and they don't know that you stole a Vargas car so it's just weird, yeah. but you know it's fine. It's not a big deal. I got away, got to the thing, um, and we move on to the museum, which I thought was very interesting. One, those two, like there's those two side rooms where you can just like loot a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the start where it starts getting into like weird looting things, which I think is kind of hilarious. Like it's not a big problem, but like it's kind of funny how obvious some things that are about to happen are whenever you're in certain areas. So we're going through here um, and you get the three little exhibits and like Myers is kind of like walking and songbird tells you like, I'd be interested to see what she has to say about these things. And you can kind of activate each one like individually and like, Myers gives you what I would consider to be the press answer. Mm-hmm. Like, and you get Songbird, who obviously, like, Myers can't perceive her, telling you the real answer, like, what's really up with it. I thought that was super neat. Um, so it seems like they, we know, or I guess, sort of know based on, like, she works with the president closely. She obviously was on Space Force One. I'm imagining her to be like, almost the president's personal personal net runner kind of at this point um so obviously they have a very close working relationship but it by this seg like sequence alone tells me that they still don't quite get along or like at least songbird harbors like some negativity towards her because she's just very unhappy and like which she was throwing a lot of shade of like typical myers like you know like i was like damn okay so that'll be an interesting ass relationship to dive into later into the fucking Phantom Liberties though. I can't Jen wait for Toasty. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't hold back this one, especially because you're you're starting to see where the little cracks are. And especially with Songbird and her relationship with Myers. It's like if you're picking up on stuff, then you're picking up on it. I can't hide what your perception already has been. You know, yeah, and like I feel like this is this sequence is kind of set up to where you can see that, like, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to, but like I've been because in this is kind of like just from the stuff we were getting before the expansion dropped, mm-hmm. um, but like 
they do kind of like with the way the vibe of it being spies and everything and then how they've set things up with the trailers and like the people like the the game devs talking like it's already put me in that mindset of like i should trust no one at face value and so i'm already like i jumped into it with the mindset of like kicking apart these characters to see where i can like where i might see them tripping up into who they really are Mm -hmm. because that's what i'm expecting which is fun no that's like it's not a bad thing because that's a cool like an interesting mindset to be in yeah and like i'm a character person like i love the characters i fall in love with like the character interactions and stuff and all kinds like all like games i play whether it's video games tabletops or whatever so like being do being in that mindset to do that is great i enjoy it a lot yeah no and especially like for me i tried to play it as like jen was getting suspicious of stuff but my v is oblivious to the outsider information like so i tried to keep it in like a what would v actually react to in this situation not what does jen think about the whole thing yeah i mean i'm coming in like even in character i'm coming at it from like my v i've been playing is kind of very brusque and like not really like trusting of anyone uh because like i'm playing nomad v so like there's already that like level of like distrust with like people that aren't part of the family in my opinion, you know, like nomad family is what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and then like, you know, you get into a thing where like, you know, the, the heist mission and you're like, okay, like we're trusting this dude. And then you get stabbed in the back. And I felt like that was, that was like a catalyzing moment for my V to just not trust anyone. Um, and like, that's kind of why, like, and I'm playing it very like Johnny, like my, my actions are very Johnny orient- oriented. Uh, so like, Anytime, like any person of authority is trying to step to me, I'm immediately like, nah, like we need to, uh, which is kind of hard because it like, I'm sure I'll get changed up, but I like, I really like Myers so far. Like this, these missions with her, like she seems like a total badass, very like down to business, uh, which is not the perception I would have had from her at all. But like, she seems more like, she doesn't seem as like she kind of a- moves away from her presidential persona and she goes back to her militech days like i feel that yeah and that's you know that's probably something that's going to come up and be like okay maybe i shouldn't i probably shouldn't have in the first but it's just the way she's acting and how she's kind of like I'm kind of vibing with it because it's not there's it doesn't feel like there's as much bullshit going on mm-hmm. so far, except for this part portion particularly. And did you have any corpo lines with this? Like the museum portion? Or was um, curious? I think so, especially I took screenshots. And I was curious because I'm wondering if like corpos have like a different perception on like these big projects that they were doing um as like having more like insider information on them or like just being able to call her and be on her like yeah that's the that's the press answer bro like you're giving me the press answer i know how i know how we do this shit (laughs) i think so i 
I kind of remember something along that, but my the screenshots that I took in this area were actually like the data of what popped up. Like mm. when we see the the big um, pyramid, it's called the Heavy Hearts Club. Uh, mock-up of a pyramid-shaped building. Building Heavy Hearts Club. Purpose, service, and entertainment. Currently occupied by the Heavy Hearts Club. Like, I wasn't quite sure mm. what I should be taking screenshots of. That's fair. It's just another reason to go back through and play it again. Yeah. Yeah. But, and this is what the part I was getting into earlier, though. This next part, we come into this room, and one, there's this giant thing under this big ass fucking tarp. I wonder what this is. I could have no idea. And then I counted, I counted them. I counted them. There's 20 ammo containers in this fucking room. <laughs> 20. <That>. Why? <laughs> um, and I'm just like, man, I wonder if there's like, I don't know, a boss fight coming up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so many. <laughs> there. I can think of, well, all right. I can think of at and least not two other one. areas. There's still other ones. So, yeah. <laughs> there was a bit more like ammo containers like at an earlier portion I think before like or I, I, I think that you ran into a bit more like ammo containers like right before you get to like the end of that like lobby where you steal the car mm-hmm. in case you have to fight all those people or whatever which I'm not complaining because I'm just going to sell all these for so much eddies because um, I'm a knife and katana guy so I don't use ammunition ever <laughs> um that's a good so, point. Yeah, which I will say, uh, to give a point to that, um, the fucking Chimera fight that happens next is really hard when you just have three Oh, God, yeah. But it's possible. It's entirely possible. I've done it twice now. So, uh, and I've only died once because I made a real dumb mistake. Um, apparently, I didn't realize it was a mistake, but it was a mistake. But anyways, yeah, so uh, we get in this room, we try to take an elevator, um, elevator no work, and the Barghist guys uh, barge through the door, or sorry, barge through the door. Um, Haha, I'm funny. No, um, and you have to fight them off until Songbird is able to successfully activate the Chimera that fucking obliterates every Barghist member in this damn room. And then the most terrifying shit where she loses control of this. Um, like, she's like, oh no. Like, I think she like may scream. And then, like, fucking this chimera is like crackling with like red electricity. Jen's hiding her face. Um, like, with like red electricity and like lots of like the red code things or whatever. And I really do wish that there was a. A thing where I could do where I could like pause the game but with the screen still active because I feel like they I feel like there was probably some clues in like the sequences of numbers that like are running across your screen whenever she glitches the fuck out Ooh. but like there's no way to tell um, because you can't actually do anything to like lock that in place no but we can go um, back and take a million screenshots true um but yeah, so she loses control of Chimera and then you have to fight the big damn thing. Um, which this quick time event 
is super disorienting. Like, like the because I'm I'm used to quick time events not being from the first person perspective. So like, and she like V's getting juggled. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you crash to the floor. You're holding on to like wires. You go it's like swinging down and crumble into the ground. It's it's a lot. Um, you have it's to, fun though. It's fun, uh, and then you have to like run away from it, uh, and then like yeah, no, it's a lot. And then you have to fight the damn thing, which, like I said before, is a little difficult whenever you just have knives and a katana, but. I learned today that because uh, of my first time doing it, I was just throwing my knives at the explosive bits. And then I did go and pick up like one of the big machine guns and just kind of like went to town with it um, for like the post explosive bits or whatever. But like, it's kind of hard to use because it's so fucking slow and like you cannot dodge like the little, I can't, I don't know what attack it is, but there's specifically the attack where it, it like starts drawing the red line in front of you. Mm. and like uh, I think that's like a burst or something with like maybe some machine gun it's really hard to dodge those whenever you have that damn machine gun in your hand so like you gotta be real careful um, today I learned that you can actually just katana the explosive bits uh, and you don't actually take damage from them exploding because I thought that you would but no. you don't so that made it a lot easier uh, and then my time that I died was today um because I thought it would be a good idea to like get up on top of it. Um, like fucking Kingdom Hearts, get up on the Hydra's back. Um, no, it bucked me and I fucking uh took a bunch of damage fly like as it like slammed me off of it, and then I took fall damage when I slammed it to the ground and it killed me because huh. it bucked me so high. And I was oh. like, well, shit. yeah, okay, so. Yeah, no, it like that that I was at full health, I got bucked and I died. <laughs> and I was like, well, not doing that again. <laughs> Which I guess they did specifically for the purpose of like, you know, that would be a big glaring weak spot in this enemy because all of its weapons are not capable of shooting at the, its head. So But yeah, so that was fun. It was a good time. Um also do not it. try to get under it. Oh yeah, same shit. Don't don't go underneath the thing. Um, but yeah, you kill it and then say the dumbest fucking line in existence. And I'm upset that they made this a mandatory line that your V has to say. I'm sorry, Rust in piss shitbot. That's real lame. I, like, I get it. I get it's supposed to be. I, I get it. It's supposed to be like rest in peace. But like rust in piss is is clever. But like it also sounds fucking stupid leaving my v mouth yeah i don't remember like, if that's what i said you don't have an option that's just what it said oh. which she's like throwing the grin like v throws the grenade into like where the core was mm-hmm. they say rust in piss shit bot and then leap off it's just like a mandatory line that is said it's you don't have a dialogue thing i would have rather be, there been a quick a quick time event that I could have just ignored <laughs> rather than saying a fucking dumbass line. I'm so sorry. I, I don't know. That one actually just because it sounded dumb. Yeah. It just sounded so dumb. It's like, okay, you're in front of the president, V. Like, you got to come up with some banger lines. So you can't be doing one liners like this, bro. What are you talking about? Uh, but that's fine. You get out of the spider and the fly and go on to 
what is, I guess, a very long quest line, which is Lucretia, my reflection. It's which all these are supposed to be song. These are all song like titles, right? I've mm-hmm. never heard of this song in my life. It is. Uh, the title of this job comes from the Sisters of Mercy song from their 1987 album, makes Floodland. Sense. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, fair enough. I say that like I didn't listen to a lot. Well, my grandpa didn't actually, he didn't do 80s. His his stuff was normally before that. So, that's fair. Uh, they are an English rock band formed in Leeds in 1980. After achieving underground fame, commercial breakthrough in the mid-80s. That also makes more sense. Gothic rock, post-punk, and new wave. Sounds interesting. Maybe I'll have to go listen to this song and see. And this is where post-production Jen is going to step in and cut the audio here. Toasty and I ended up talking for over another hour about this mission alone so we're gonna call it here as a night for right now and come back next week to listen to our thoughts on lucretia my reflection yeah all right i think now is a good time to wrap it up before we start tangenting more and more about all the fun that we both have had in dogtown So give us a follow on Twitter at CyberpunkLoreCast. You can join us on Patreon.com slash CyberpunkLoreCast. Catch up on bonus episodes, deleted content, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, Those listens are definitely fun. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can find me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. What you got? You can check me out doing the Witcher lore cast as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk apostrophe D that I do with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. All right. And at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be used. We use clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix. Oh, all right, guys. While you're out there. Stay safe in Dogtown, as hard as it may be. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping is 